hello and welcome to our podcast. We hope it encourages and inspires you. Please head to our website for more information on what is happening at Ashburton New Life or to get in touch. One of our team would love to talk to you. Here's today's message. Good morning. Great to be with you. And a big shout out and welcome to our online audience. I want to start this morning with scripture. I'm going to be preaching again out of Luke chapter 4. I've been doing a sermon series out of it, so let's read it again. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favour has come. You know, Jesus was anointed, and part of his ministry was to see us anointed with the Holy Spirit. He came to bind the brokenhearted. He's come to set the captives free. But this morning, the title of my message is, The Blind Will See. The Blind Will See. Our God is a God who heals. He heals blind eyes. And I believe that we're living in a great time. We're living in the latter day rain. We're living in a place of revival and we will see healings and miracles. It will be the children's bread and I'd love nothing better than for our stage design to strip away all those lights and have a single white cane on a black backdrop because somebody who was blind was healed. And we would look at that and say, if God could do it for that person, God can do it for me. And it would build faith and expectation in the house. And it would get our eyes off the the nonsense in the world and our eyes back on Jesus where they should be fixed. So if there's somebody here that wants to receive better eyesight today, then we've got people who are full of faith here today that will pray for you and with you because Jesus heals Amen. The blind will see. These are the words of Jesus. The blind will see. They're not my words, they're Jesus' words. The blind will see. Now, I've got an amazing dad. He, I, I, love, him to, I love him so much. He's so faithful, so loyal, um, a really, really good father. So I love him very much. But one of the things I love about my father is just how animated he is. When he laughs, he's got this like explosive, loud, roaring laugh. When he's happy, he's happy. And when he's grumpy, you know he's grumpy. Now, we've, we've had some great times down in Omaru staying with my family. My, my mum and dad are so hospitable, they're so loving, they're so good. So a lot of weekends and that we go down to Omaru and spend time with them. And we were down in Omaru this one particular weekend and it was a Saturday morning and there'd been a little bit of rain around and the phone kept ringing and ringing and ringing. You see, a few years ago, my father was the president of the Waitoa Golf Club. And in Omaru, you've got three golf clubs. You've got Lower Waitaki, which is a really big, long course. Like one of the holes there is over 500 metres long. And, the, and another golf course is North Otago, and it's like so hilly. It's really, really hilly. And then you've got Waitawa, which is just a little tiny, flat, nine-hole 
golf course with plenty of garaging for those uh, golf carts and stuff. And the older generation love it. It's just one of those chip and putt golf courses. And so it's, an, it's a golf course for older people. And my father, in his late 70s, was the president of that golf club. And we're staying down there, and it's a Saturday morning, and the phone kept ringing. And uh, my, my father hates talking on the phone. Like, honestly, if you, you, when you ring up and you get dad, you, you get a couple of minutes with him, that's it. A phone is not his thing. And the phone kept ringing, and it was for him. Because there was a bit of water around and a bit of rain, all these older people would ring the president of the Waitawa Golf Club to see if the golf club was open. And my dad would get up off his chair and ah, pick up the phone. Hello, Gordon here. Ah, how you doing, Murray? Oh, yes, yes. No, the golf course is shut today, it's a bit wet. <laughs> and the phone would ring again. Ha! Up here again. Hello, Gordon here. G'day, Peter. <laughs> no, it's shut today, it's a bit wet. And he would sit down. This happened all morning, didn't it? And uh, sometimes he just wouldn't answer the phone, so I'd answer it and go, Oh, Dad, it's for you, and up he would get again. It was just red hot all morning. And me and Lisa were coming up with great ideas for, for Dad on, on other ways and systems that are modern so that he didn't have to answer the phone all the time. We suggested that, they, that the Waitawa Golf Club got a Facebook page. And then they could post it on the Facebook page. And, and my dad's like, no, we don't do that. <laughs> and we're saying, what about a group email? No, we don't do emails. What about a messenger group? And you could just send one message out. No, we don't do that. What about a group text? And you could text everyone out. No. My dad comes from the generation that if you want to know if the golf club is open or not, you go to the president. You go right to the top and you ring the president and you find out if the golf club is open. And, and it makes me laugh. I wonder what these phones look like that they're ringing up on. I can remember some old phones. Have we got those old phones there? <laughs> Somehow I don't think they're ringing up on the latest iPhone. That, that one, uh, second to the left, that's my first memory of a phone. My phone number was 871. Man. But here's the thing. Technology is changing. Changes, change, change is changing whether we like it or not. Are we changing with the times? And uh, this... Next cell phone is a cell phone from 2002. And this is what cell phones looked like, Liz, when Australia last held the Bledisloe Cup. <laughs> we don't want to talk about last night's game of rugby. So what do we do? We revert back to picking on our good friends, the Australians. <laughs> but change is happening. And we are to serve God 
in our generation. A generation is said to be 40 years, and so at 50 years of age, I can kind of reach the generation below me and above me. I'm kind of in the middle or upper middle. <laughs> but every generation is different, and we're to serve God in our generation. This young generation, they, the, the young guys, they wear their jeans quite low, kind of under their butt, don't they? Well, the generations above could help them with that. My generation has something called a belt. The wise generation above me has things called, uh, what do you call those? Britches, is it? Braces, braces. They, they would hold the jeans up as well. And what about hairstyles? The older ladies love to get a perm, is that right? The younger ladies like to get their hair straightened. And what about Bible translations? I came into the church in the 90s, so I'm new King James Version. But I remember some of the older people there. Nigel Lucas was one. King James. Verily, verily, and all the theys. And now we have these beautiful modern translations like the Passion and New Living and Message. And uh, it kind of shows you maybe where you came into Christianity or the church. Writing styles may even point to the generation that you've come from. And what about the TV shows you grew up with? Basil Bar Brush, The Wombles, Sesame Street and Goodnight Kiwi. And then when my kids were younger, it was Little Einsteins and Dora, The Explorer and The Wiggles and... I can't wait to be watching little kids' programs with Ezra. I don't know what the modern ones are, but it sounds like fun. And what about the type of music you listen to? I hop in my dad's ute, and he has a cassette player. You, you still have those? And, uh, and the music that comes out is country and western and yodeling. Yodeling? <laughs> Oh, I'm like, <laughs> but the best music, who would agree with me, is classic hits from the 60s, 70s and 80s. And these young people, douche, 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 all about the bass, about the bass, no treble. Oh, my goodness. Let's go to Acts 13, verse 36. Now, when David had served God's purpose... In his own generation, he fell asleep. You see, the way we think, the way we're wired, is a specific way so that we can reach our generation. And we are to serve and to look to win our generation for Christ. We only have to serve God and his purpose in our generation, no one else's. The age you are, the stage of life that you are, is not an accident. God has strategically placed you on the earth for such a time as this to reach and influence the people of your generation. It does not matter whether you are young or old, God, God wants to use you. God wants you to reach your generation. Do we have eyes to see the harvest field? Do we have eyes to see the lost? Do we have eyes to see our calling and our purpose and our ministry in the world today? Do we have eyes of faith? Can we see God's purpose 
for our life. You see, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. We have been anointed. We have been anointed with the Holy Spirit. We have wisdom. We have insight. We have eyes to see, and we can see things in the Spirit. We have the prophetic. We have vision. We have dreams. Have you got a vision for your life? Have you got a dream for you and your family and your ministry? You see, God said, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. No one misses out. Everyone has access to the Holy Spirit. And God wants to use you today to touch your generation. And God will use you when you're young. Think of King Josiah, so young. What about David? They, they say he was probably about 12 years old or a very young teenager when he took down Goliath. And what about Mary, the mother of Jesus? Just a teenager when she conceived by the Holy Spirit, Jesus, our Lord, our Messiah. God will use you when you're young and God will use you when you're old. Think about Abraham and Sarah. God taught them a thing or two about patience, didn't he? God chose to use them when they were old. And I love Caleb. Caleb, an old man, standing at the bottom of the mountain saying, God, will you give me my mountain? I've dreamt about this mountain for many years. You know, I've laid hold of your prophetic promise. You said that this would be my inheritance, that you would give me this mountain. God, can you give me permission to go up and take this mountain? I might be old, but I'm still strong, and I'm a warrior, and I can take it for me and the generation to follow after me. God will use you when you're young and God will use you when you're old to reach your generation and, may I add, to influence the generation below you. For, for as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I love being in the worship this morning. Uh, Lisa has a beautiful voice. My wife and Ruby, my daughter, has a beautiful voice. And he hearing them singing those wonderful songs, declaring the name of Jesus, speaking the name of Jesus. It was so powerful, a little Ezra there as well, and Nico, my son, on the drums. And it's such a blessing for me to see my kids serving the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And Lisa has a, a rich lineage in her family of Christianity. And may I add that my family does as well. It just started with me. <laughs> it started with me and it's flowing down. <laughs> and it can start with you. As you serve God in your generation, you will impact the generations below you. God looks through the generations and blessing flows down from generation to generation for those who are faithful and will serve God in their generation. Now, when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. It kind of reminds us that we only have a short life on this earth. But David served God's purpose in his own generation. Can you put your name in that scripture? You able to say, are we able to say Trish served her generation? Are we able to say Corbin served God in his generation? Can we put... Our name there, 
Now when Jono had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. <laughs> Can we put our own name there? I remember a few years ago, Nico asked me, why do we have birthdays? Why do we have birthdays? We, I love how the Filipinos celebrate birthdays. They, they kind of say, God has blessed me with another year. I think that's a great way of celebrating birthdays. But for me, it's kind of a reminder that uh, life is short. And uh, I've used up some years. Now I'm 50 years of age, and those 50 years are gone. And I don't know how many I've got in front of myself. And in your pantry, you have uh, packets of produce and on that, it has a best before date. Or you could also say an expiry date. <laughs> and birthdays kind of remind us that um, one day we're going to expire. This life is like a, a blink, a vapour. It's here today, gone tomorrow. So we haven't got a lot of time to serve God in our generation. God fell asleep after he fulfilled God's purpose in his own generation. Wow. You do not exist for you. We exist for God's purpose. To everything, there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Now think about that hourglass. I've got 50 years of sand in the bottom. I can't get that back. The only bit of time I'm guaranteed is that bit right in the neck. And here's our reality, is uh, we don't know how much sand's above. We can't see that, can we? We can't see how, much, how many years that we, we have above. So for me, it's like, let's, let's serve God now. Let's not put it off to tomorrow. Let's serve God now. We can't do anything about the years that are gone, but we can live in the present time and serve God now in this moment of time, which is our generation. There is something way worse than an expired grocery item. It's our expired life, where the potential is still in the packet, a life buried in the ground, and its potential was never used. Let's go to Mark 10 verse 46 to 47. Uh, I just admire this guy, a blind man called Bartimaeus, a man of faith. Let's read about it. We're going to go from 46 to 52. Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the crowd around him would say, shut up, you blind beggar. And he shouted out all the more, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He got the attention of Jesus. And Jesus called him out. And as he's walking to Jesus, he drops his cloak. That's his provision. 
That's his identity. That's his security. You see, you couldn't beg without a coat like that, so it, uh, it gave him provision, identity, everything. But as he was going through the crowd towards the voice of Jesus, he dropped it. Do you think he's got faith for a brand new life? Let's pick it up in 51. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, Go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. His faith got the attention of Jesus. He was blind, but now he can see. And I love it that he followed Jesus. He could have gone and seen his family, like actually, actually literally gone and seen his family. He, he hasn't seen his family, but he chose to follow Jesus. He didn't just want the healing or the miracle. He wanted the healer and the miracle giver, and he followed him. Go, for your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus was blind, but could see. Helen Keller has this quote. The only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. The only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. Bartimaeus could see things as a blind person that others couldn't see. Bartimaeus, he didn't have eyesight, but he had insight. One blind man saw more than the entire city and delayed deity long enough for a miracle. Let's serve God in our, or can we say, my generation. I am as young as I'm ever going to be. What I have left, as far as years go, I want to maximise. Can I get the band up now, please? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released. And this is the title of my message today, that the blind will see. The blind will see that the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favour has come. Seeing by faith is seeing the reality of possibilities of things that have never existed before. Bartimaeus took hold of that window of opportunity. A window of opportunity. He had faith. I love the story of Bartimaeus. He could not see, but he had ears and he could hear that Jesus was coming. 
He couldn't see, but he had a loud voice. And he cried out to Jesus and he got his attention. Bartimaeus had faith. Bartimaeus had hope. I don't know what your giftings are. We don't seem to have all the giftings, do we? But can we use what we do have to get the attention of God? Use what we do have to follow Jesus? Bartimaeus followed the Lord. Let's use what we do have to serve and to follow the Lord. Can we stand up this morning? Lord, we lift our hands to heaven. And Lord, we ask for eyesight, we ask for insight, we ask for vision, we ask for dreams, we ask for revelation. And Lord, that we would know our call and our purpose and we would have eyes to see our call and our purpose so that we may serve you in our generation. Lord, we thank you for the ministry that you have for us. We thank you for the plans and the purpose that you have for us. For Lord, it's our desire to serve you in this generation and to impact the generations below us. So Lord, right now we're going to lift up your name. We're going to praise you. We're going to worship you. But Lord, I ask that you speak now. Lord, that you do give dreams and vision to your people that they would have eyes to see the plan, the purpose, and the calling of God. And again, if there's anybody here today and uh, your eyesight's not what it could be, you haven't got 20-20, and you want to come and have some prayer, there's people full of faith here today that will stand with you and pray for you and believe for healing in Jesus' name.